Hello, America. Welcome to The Daily Answer. Your host, Mark Dunnigan. You know, during COVID, I was certainly encouraged by the signs which thanked all the essential workers. Yet at the same time, boy, I don't like putting people in categories of essential and (laughs) non-essential. I think that's a really bad idea. I mean, there's certain phrases during COVID that social distancing, man, I think we were doing too much of that before COVID with people just in their house, hooked to the television, on the internet, and no real interaction with any other human being. I remember the neighborhood that we lived in Beaverton for almost three decades. Um, It took COVID to bring some people out of their house, that is, at least get them on the front porch. Like, okay, well, you can't, you know, a number of things are closed down, you can't go out to eat every night. And there were people that for the first time in almost three decades, I saw what the people in that house look like. I don't know, I think there'd been way too much social distancing before COVID. We don't do well. We don't do well in isolation. We were designed to be social creatures. But back to the essential and non-essential. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, I think God would definitely disagree with the essential and non-essential category. At, At least in reference to the church, he speaks of the church as a body from which the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies and every joint in the body of Christ is an individual Christian. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body to build itself up in love. Just like a healthy body, a healthy body is where everything's clicking, everything's working. Not, Not just what you might say the vital organs. Yeah, your vital organs could all be working, and if the rest of the body's not in there, that can really affect, uh, well, what you can do in life and how you can help others. I uh, I remember about two years ago or so, my back went out, and when it did, the entire body went with it. Couldn't mow my lawn, um, you know, just even taking a shower could be painful, really limited what I could do had an eighth grade baseball coach who was missing or he was missing a big toe on one of his feet and he could not run he had to walk with a cane now a small part of his body was out of commission and yet that missing piece altered completely altered his mobility uh same principles found in romans chapter 12 and verse 3 and particularly in first corinthians chapter 12 where well the corinthians are really warned about thinking that um other people are not essential i guess that that's the way you would put it where he says in verse 14 of chapter 12 the body is not one member but many if the foot says because i'm not a hand i'm not a part of the body it is not for this reason any less a part of the body or could we say not essential And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, well, you know, I'm not part of the body or I'm not needed. I'm not essential. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. Also, it says in verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, 
or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which, which, which seem to be weaker or maybe not as important, not as essential, are necessary. And I hope we learned our lesson there as a culture to stop putting people in the essential, not essential category. Yeah, nurses are essential. But you know what? If people at that factory over there that put together the stuff like the bandages or et cetera, or the medications, okay, they put that stuff together. And if there's not a delivery driver, well, okay, you don't have the stuff you need to treat people. Hopefully we learn that the whole system and every piece of the system plays an important role. And, and I think that's a, a good area where we see the limitations of human wisdom and the unintended consequences of human policies and the short-sightedness of the way that man thinks at times. I'm reminded of the book of Colossians chapter three, when it basically talks about, let's say work or employment. And God doesn't tell you what to do. You, you have that choice as long as it's an honest job and you know, you're not doing anything wicked or evil in that job. But he says in verse 23 of Colossians three, whatever you do, do your work heartily for the Lord rather for, than for men, whatever you do. And there, I think the Holy Spirit is saying, every job's important. Every job along the line. I mean, there's the wisdom of Scripture. Scripture understands the whole thing of like a supply chain and how everything is connected in ways that we don't realize how everything is connected. And every job that people do is an important job. Um, Hopefully, we also learned during COVID that many of the minimum wage jobs, wow, those are really important jobs as well, that if you don't have something as simple as a busboy or a dishwasher or not a chef, but just kind of like a cook, one of the underling cooks, boy, a business can fall apart. It's, yeah, it's, if you've ever owned a small business, an employee, one bad employee with a bad attitude can completely sink you. And you may have great, you may have a great product or whatever. You may be putting out great food, but if you've got some employees with bad attitudes, if you got lousy service, that can put you out of business. So again, I'm not a big fan of putting workers or occupations into the essential, non-essential categories. Understand what I think I understand what people were trying to do. But about the time you think that a certain task, well, that's not important, you realize I need a haircut. And those places were all closed for a while. I don't know. I think that's a pretty important thing to have. Need to, need my haircut. The, the other idea there is, you know, registration for your car is due. But in Oregon, all the DEQs were closed for a while. Yeah, that registration is pretty important. Hopefully we've learned that jobs that many people in years past tended to ignore, discount, like a truck driver, pumpers at the gas station, people who work in meat packing plants, the minimum wage worker behind the McDonald's counter, you know, 
they didn't show up, so the lobby's closed. But if the lobby's closed, the restroom is closed. And how many people, how many people in America typically depend upon, like a McDonald's restroom or something like that, to use while they're out and about? Just because you're out and about doesn't mean your body says, "Okay, you don't have to go to the bathroom while you're out and about." That's still an important thing. How about the people who stock the shelves at the local grocery store? Bank tellers. Remember those long lines in the drive-thru during COVID? Waiters, waitresses really do come in handy. And they all provide an incredible, valuable service. I have also was a little disappointed that the government shut down various offices or services that it provides. And that might come back to be a double-edged sword if life can go on and function somewhat normally without that particular government office why is it needed hopefully people kind of ponder that like well if that was not essential and if life went on normally without that do we really need that one would think that if we're going to spend people's hard-earned money their tax dollars on a particular service, that that service would have to be essential, right? I appreciate all the people going to work for the good of the whole, but you shouldn't get, you don't get rewarded for just showing up. I appreciate the country I was born into and the attitude that was here. In years past, people took jobs and went to work well, people want to work at jobs that came with incredible risks. The men and women who worked on projects like the Golden Gate Bridge, 11 men died in building that bridge. Grand Coulee Dam, 77 men died during the construction. Hoover Dam, 96 deaths. The Transcontinental Railroad, you know, at least 1,200 deaths. The Panama Canal, 30,000. The Erie Canal, 1,000. The Suez Canal, 120,000 workers died constructing the Suez Canal or all the other projects out there. The tr same is true for men who worked in the coal mines. Yet the reason they worked in those mines was to benefit the human race, to feed their family. I hope we've not turned the corner in our culture where people will no longer go to work because there is a certain risk or until others can guarantee that it's safe. In many senses, no task is completely safe. Real and true safety in this life is an illusion. Time and chance can happen to all. Read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter nine on that one. You can easily die on the way to or from work. An earthquake can hit or something out of the blue like a hijacked airliner can crash into your place of employment. Yeah, that happens too. A fire can break out. Some disgruntled employee shows up and decides he's gonna take everybody out. So be careful about letting people or other people put a label on you. I feel sorry for all the barbershops and hairstyling places. Like many other people, I still needed a haircut. Hair was still growing during the pandemic. And people just do not typically put their lives on hold. People are like water. Heads up, government agencies. They're like water. They find a way out. They find the path. So 
my wife started cutting my hair during COVID and is still doing that. And I'm saving about 20 bucks a pop. I love the people who cut my hair, but life goes on and I'm down the road a bit. My wife can do it. It saves us money. My other expenses have increased and I don't have to leave the house or the house in which I'm staying. There's been a number of times she has cut my hair in the campground. Remember, nothing stays static. Things do not remain the same. Life goes on, people adjust, and people are flexible. If it's more convenient, gives them more time with their kids, saves them some money, releases them from being on someone else's schedule, people often and do move. And they don't necessarily return when things get back to normal. That's another phrase I did not like during COVID. When things get back to normal, well, what's that? Whatever that is, they find new restaurants, stores, shops. They find new ways of learning, of getting things done. They find new ways of shopping. They find new ways of spending their money. They find new experiences and things to do. Thus, a note of wisdom to various government services or small businesses, which chose to remain closed. Do not assume that people will be there standing in line when you're ready to open up again, life will have changed. And often people have got on with their own life and they find another way. So a big thank you out there to all the men and women in past generations who did dangerous jobs that we benefit from today, who went to work in spite of the dangers, the heat, the risk. I believe that attitude made this country a good place in which to live. Even on a higher plane, the Apostle Paul was willing to lay down his life so he could, well, he, so he could spread the gospel, so he could see that people would end up with a better life, they would end up saved. One of my favorite passages, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. That is, I'm willing to spend myself out for you utterly. I'm willing to do dangerous things and take the risk so that you may benefit. And it's done from love. So don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't try to play it safe. Don't be someone who does as little as possible. Don't be someone who hides. That did not make this country great. What made this country great was people willing to take a risk to do the dangerous things for the good of everyone else, yes. And as we've traveled across the United States, this country is still filled with people like that. So be one of them. Remember how much you have benefited from, I mean, look around you. Look at all the infrastructure that was put into place. Look at the massive projects that people did. And at times, were paid very little, but they had enough to eat. They had a job and they were grateful for that job. Be grateful for all the sacrifices made by generations before you so that you could have a relatively comfortable life. Oh, be very careful about thinking you're deprived or a victim. You're blessed. People of other generations would trade places with you in a heartbeat in view of just the all the conveniences and the comforts 
that surround you. Yeah, let's not become weak. Let's not get soft. Let's be let's let's be still the people that are willing to expend ourselves that others may benefit. And let's view everyone as essential. Jesus said, what shall a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And that's true of the soul and spiritual life of any man. Everyone's essential. And the words of Jefferson echo that. We are endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. There are no non-essential jobs. There are no non-essential people. Everyone is important. And hopefully, hopefully, can we learn the lesson right now? Can we learn the lesson when a number of people opt out and have bought into the idea that either I'm not needed or I'm not important, that the whole culture and, in fact, the whole world suffers when that attitude arises? Let's get rid of it. That, let's nip that one in the bud. Until next time, I've enjoyed being with you this morning. Go out and have a great day. And I will be, as always, hanging out in the funny papers. <laughs>